0: Hey, everybody, uh, excited to join with you right now, join with my friend TC. And, and here's what I know after we just sing that amazing song. I just, I love that song so much. And just realizing that the Jesus that we're serving today is the same one that we've been studying through the book of Acts. And I believe that that same uh, God wants to show up in, in your living room even more than you've ever expected or imagined. Uh, not just right this second, but He wants to walk with you every step of the way. And uh, I believe that door gets opened through prayer. And so what I want you to do right now, uh, would you just hit pause on the video? Just hit pause right where you are. And with, if you're in your groups or if you're by yourself, I just want you to ask, uh, maybe somebody stand up in group and just just offer a prayer and ask God just to speak to us as we open up the Word. If you're by yourself, I want you to pause. Just have a time with the Lord. Ask Him, Uh, Recognize that He actually wants to show up. He wants to speak to you, but invite Him to talk to you. Just tell Him that that you're ready to hear. Uh, Right now, just hit pause, and uh, then we'll engage in the Word. All right, guys, uh, so, so excited to open up the Word with you all today. And uh, again, TC, excited to be with you, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, excited to tag team this Word a little bit together because I really am excited about this passage. And I believe that as we understand this more, as we step into this more, I believe this truth can transform our lives and even the life of our church. And as it, uh, uh, as it transforms the life of our church, I believe that extends far, far, far beyond things that we can actually see And so we've been talking, walking through the book of Acts, and we've seen that the book of Acts is really acts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working through the apostles, working through the early church. But I've had questions from people, who is the Holy Spirit and what is his function? Uh, TC, help help us understand that. Bring us in a little bit and answer those questions for us.
1: All right, as we begin to think about who the Holy Spirit is, it's important first to understand that the Holy Spirit is is one of three ways that God manifests Himself to us. And in the Bible, we're going to see God referred to as Father, we see Him referred to as the Son, and as the Holy Spirit. They all have the same essence. They're all God, yet they have three unique personalities. So when we see God as Father, He is the creator of the world. When we see God as Son, He is God in human form that has come to save the world. And we see God referenced as the Holy Spirit. He's this manifestation of God, a replica of Jesus in spirit form. He's made accessible to all who confess Jesus as Lord. And He's the power in us to actually go and change the world. And so as we begin to think about who the Holy Spirit is today, um, really, I wanna look at the words that Jesus tells us in John chapter 14. So if you got a copy of the word, we're gonna be in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. Here's what he says. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now let's jump down to verse 25. It says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So as we begin to think about this family of God, right? God is our Father, he sent the Son, Jesus says, listen, I'm not going to leave you, my children, as orphans. I'm not going to leave you powerless. I'm not going to send you out to go and make disciples in your own power. I'm actually going to be the power that fills you to go do this. And so he says, I'm going to send you a helper. So one of the most important characteristics that we understand about the Holy Spirit is that he is our helper sent from God to empower us to go and change the world. And so when we think about the Holy Spirit, really the Holy Spirit helps us in two types of relationships. First in our relationship with God and then our relationship with everybody else, right? And that is the great commandment too, that we love God and that we love people. So when Jesus is saying, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, he's really talking about us operating out of love. And so the Spirit is our helper to help us operate in the love that that Jesus calls us to exist in. And so what I love about the Holy Spirit is it's 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 really cool that we see that He's the one that, that seals our salvation. He He guarantees our inheritance He's the power that we are going to to go out in and do anything in the name of Jesus, right? He was the power behind the miracles. He was the power behind the life change in, in us. So when we come and we make this confession of faith in Jesus, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. What Scripture says is the power of the Holy Spirit that actually makes us a new creation. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is made manifest in us. But then when we interact with other people, right? Sometimes we sit here and we say, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know how I'm going to communicate this to other people. And what Scripture says right here is that He's going to teach you everything. He's a spirit of truth. He's going to bring that to remembrance. Man, we've seen that as we've been out on the streets, as we've been hanging out with people, as we engaged in conversations. The Holy Spirit will take over when you surrender yourself to Him and He'll, he'll fill you with the words to say. Some of us sitting here say, man, I don't even know how to pray to God. But You know what Scripture says about the Holy Spirit? He actually intercedes for you. So in all things, man, everything that Jesus has called us to do, know this, He's called us into a spiritual war, so He's going to equip us spiritually with the Holy Spirit. He's, he's called us to go and love people deeply. But, man, that love is only going to come through the help of the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, I love that, man. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that. And now we're going to pick up this story in Acts chapter 8. We're going to pick up where we left off. And and I want to hit right in the middle of of another passage, like right in the middle of chapter 8. We've been talking about Stephen. And then it focuses in on on another uh, guy named Philip. And Philip was this great evangelist. And as he shared, uh, the Holy Spirit worked through this guy's life in incredible ways. And many people were responding. But Philip goes down to a place uh, called Samaria. And in Samaria, here's what took place. Acts chapter 8, 14 through 17. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now this passage is actually pretty controversial for some people, because uh, they look at it as a mode for people to actually receive the Holy Spirit. But as you look through the entire New Testament, you actually see the Holy Spirit coming down in, in sometimes different kind of ways, but I believe that this passage actually happens on purpose. And I'm so excited to share this today because it's the first time I've ever seen it. Uh, But as we understand this passage, let's focus in on Jesus. He helps us understand really what's important. What is important about this passage? Is it how the Holy Spirit came down or the fact that he came down? What surrounds this passage? I think as we understand uh, some of this story, we will understand that God has a perfect plan and a perfect word for us through this scripture. He's actually working all things together for our good and His glory. We're going to see that. And I don't say that just for me and you, but for all the believers, He's actually working these things out. Think about the magnitude of what that actually means. Let's dive in this story to understand, I think, a greater uh view of how wonderfully amazing and and wise and powerful that God really is. Everyone, he's working together for their good and his glory to those who are called according to his purpose. So first, let's understand the Samaritans for a second. Got to understand the history of why this passage matters so much. But you see, about 600 years before this event, the Assyrians come down and they conquer the northern part of Israel. And they they actually deported all of the wealthy and important people out of the region. And they used them in their own way. But they leave behind a poor set of people. And they bring in a pagan group of people to come in and intermarry. They intermarry with this poor Jewish class of people. And so as time progresses the Samaritans are actually viewed as lesser than kind of people, deplorables, if you will. Like this begins an arch rivalry. If you're into football, I would say like a way for us to maybe understand this is maybe like a UT Alabama thing. It might be like a Democrat-Republican thing. Uh, You know, like as soon as you identify one side or the other, there's instantly walls that go up. There's all these ideas and prejudices that happen as soon as you let let somebody know uh, which side of the fence you're on, whether that be sports, politics, or whatever in this day it sounds like or feels like. But that's exactly what was going on here. The Samaritans were a lesser group of people, and the Jews literally hated them. In fact, the Jews would actually walk around uh, Samaria in order to get where they wanted to go so they didn't have to cross through their town. But this is not our Jesus. You see, Jesus doesn't do what this world does. He knew these people and He actually, according to the Word, God loved these people. In fact, God loves the entire world. And so the reason that Jesus comes is to reveal the God person to the world. And that included the Samaritans in his mind. So as Jesus was telling his message as he traveled during his season on earth, uh, he sent messengers ahead to Samaria to actually prepare the way for Jesus to come into the town to reveal the truth. But here's what happened. When they got to the town of Samaria, they were actually rejected because they realized that Jesus was headed to Jerusalem. The Samaritans also hated the Jews, and so they said, He's not welcome here. Don't let Him come in. Luke chapter 9 helps us understand actually what goes down. And at the end of chapter 9, uh, here's what takes place. James and John saw this happen and said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume these people? But Jesus turned and he rebuked them, and they went on to another village. Some uh, manuscripts actually say that Jesus rebuked them and said, I didn't come to destroy this world. I came to save it. But then think about this. Jesus doesn't go through Samaria. In fact, he goes around, and he doesn't enter that day. But the next chapter, Luke chapter 10, he ends up telling a story that many of you are familiar with, the Good Samaritan. Think about this. Jesus gets rejected by the Samaritans, then goes down to the Jewish town and talks about a story where there is a good Samaritan. <laughs> That's already a different nature. That's a different kind of thing. I don't know if you've ever had anybody talk bad about you before or maybe even reject you, and then you actually give a blessing in return. This is exactly what Jesus models for us. And then not only does he tell the story of a Samaritan being good, But you see in John chapter 4, which would be in the timeline after Jesus tells this story, you see Jesus actually traveling still on the outskirts of the Samaritan village and he sees a woman sitting at a well. Many of you are familiar with this story as well. He sees one of the outcasts of the Samaritans sitting at a well by herself alone. In Jewish culture, this would be uh, not somebody that a Jewish man would talk to, but Jesus breaking all the rules all the cultural rules, steps up to this woman and begins to share the truth with her that he is this Messiah that they've been looking for. Jesus tells her everything about her life and she's amazed. She then enters the Samaritan town that Jesus was rejected by, tells everybody, hey, look, I met this Messiah that was promised to us. You gotta meet this guy. He told me everything about myself. And as many of you know the story, Much of the town comes out to hear Jesus talk. And as they experience the person of God, their lives are transformed as they realize this is no ordinary man. It says that many believed and they asked Jesus, please stay with us. And Jesus stayed in Samaria for two days talking about how he's the Messiah and setting up this kingdom that he was uh, going to begin but he stays there two days. And just I just want us to notice, look at the model of Jesus. Look at this model. Look at this man, uh, the one that we've decided is master of our lives, the one that has actually redeemed and saved us. But look how he redeemed and saved uh, many in Samaria. He stuck with them. He took their rejection and didn't give them a curse, didn't allow fire to fall down because he knew the end of the story, he actually knew that there was more for the Samaritans. You see, James and John had common sense, not God's sense. And God's sense is never common sense. Jesus never had cultural common sense. He always did what the truth told him to do, what the Holy Spirit helps us to do, which is the spirit of truth, Jesus doesn't stay in cultural truth. He stays in in God truth. And that's what he's invited our life to step into and be about, which is what ultimately transforms the world. But the Bible is very clear. This world hates the truth and is in actual battle against the truth. And so as you see two kingdoms clashing, you see... uh, John and James trying to figure it out, and yet you see the kindness of Jesus. Not only does he love the Samaritans, but he tells his dear friends, hey listen, you've got it wrong, but I'm not going to leave you here. I'm not going to kick you out. Let's continue down the road, and I believe that you're going to learn even more. I'm working something in your life in the same way that I'm working in the Samaritans' life. You see, God isn't a respecter of persons. He stuck with Peter and John, and he stuck with the Samaritans, all right, uh, John and James, and he stuck with the Samaritans as well. But guess what? That's where we pick up and, and why this is so massive in chapter eight. Because who else, who other comes back down to Samaria once they receive this message about Jesus? Remember in, in verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent back who? Peter and John to Samaria. John being one of those people who said, you want us to call down fire on these people and just kill them all? Because guess what? His cultural understanding was these were less than kind of people. In fact, uh, John might have had a little bit of prejudice against them. So the apostles send down two of these guys to call down heavenly fire to consume them in a different kind of way. God isn't a respecter of persons. Do you see that? You see, Jesus knew that if fire come down in judgment upon the Samaritans, uh, then they would miss out on fire coming down from heaven to actually engulf them, to possess them, to come upon them. Jesus had a better idea for the Samaritans. He had a better idea for James and John. And he knew that one day James and John are gonna have an experience as fire does come down from heaven in a different way than they expected. I have three questions for you today. What is your hope today for your coworkers? What is your hope for your wife? What's your hope for your husband? What do you hope happens to your boss? What do you hope happens to your neighbor? What do you hope happens to uh, those people who've done great things for you? What is your hope for those who haven't done great things for you? Second question that I have is, what does God hope, uh, or does God hope the same thing? Number two, does God hope the same thing? The third thing that I would ask today as we have a discussion, as we talk about this passage and just the enormity of how wonderful this God is, what should you do today? What should you do today? God doesn't want you to do it alone, though. He didn't want uh, the Samaritans to do it alone. And he didn't leave the church to do it alone. In fact, what Acts 8 helps us understand is, and what T.C. talked to us about, is that he sent his Holy Spirit to actually come upon us, that it would be uh, power at work within us, doing work as we receive this truth. And the truth is this, that God has loved you in the same way that he loved those Samaritans. God loves you in the same way that he loves Peter and John and James. Did they get it right perfectly? No, but he chose to love them anyway. And sometimes I think we feel like we have to talk God into doing something. We have to talk him into, oh, please, please, I beg you, give me your presence. Oh, please do something with my life. But in fact, do you understand that Jesus made the way uh, for you to be considered right. And if you are right by faith in Jesus, then he has a plan for your life. And I believe that uh, as Jesus talked the words, if an evil father knows how to give good gifts, how much more will a good father not give his spirit to those who ask? Would you ask him for that? Do you need help to actually give the Jesus response to somebody in your life today? I think you do. And you cannot do the Jesus walk apart from his power and presence you actually can't do it. So you can try to love people. You can try to forgive people. But unless you receive his power to actually accomplish this, you will never do it well. And you will never see anything happen inside your efforts. So who is that person? What does God ask you to do? Who has come to your mind? I just believe that God's speaking to your heart right where you are. And if you ask, I believe that he will send power upon you, the believer in Jesus, to actually do the work that he set you in place to do. I believe it's no accident that you came upon that Samaritan village. I believe it's no accident uh, that he has spoken to your heart that you might move in the same direction that Jesus did. And listen, my friend, to, to what he shares with you, because I promise If you will do as he asks, you will see down the road that maybe perhaps his plan is so much more incredible and so much more vast. He knew this would happen, and so he allowed it to happen in this way. He's working all things together for your good and his glory, and he wants to show off, my friend. Let him show off, but choose his way. And and don't forget, Here's our three questions. What is your hope today for the people in your life? The second thing is, does God hope the same thing? The third question is, what should you do today? And my friend, have that conversation with the people in your group and ask the Father for help and expect the Holy Spirit, the Helper. He will help you, my friend. And let's, let's join together. Maybe that's your prayer together. Maybe that's your prayer. Just sh- share with your group today and discuss those three questions. And uh, if maybe you're watching alone, you can engage with us right here. Check out this link. We'd love to connect you to another group meeting in your area. And uh, we're just so thankful to share this word. I'm so thankful uh, that God is uh, showing off even today. And as he shows off uh, in you and through you, would you share your stories with us? Uh, We love you, my friend, and so excited to continue the journey through Acts. Uh, Much love. We'll talk soon.